So we are going to look in Matthew chapter 26. We, we actually find the Lord's Supper in all four Gospels. Lots of things you don't find in every one of the Gospels. This is one of the things that you, of course, do find. The Lord's Supper, find in all four Gospels. It's talked about in Acts. It's uh, pretty uh, clearly talked about. It's, it, Paul does some teaching about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we just see it in a lot of other places in the Scripture. But today we want to look at, the, at um, Matthew's telling of it in Matthew chapter 26. So... As a church, we believe that the Lord left us two enduring ordinances or two rites that we continue to practice as long as we meet together. And those two ordinances are baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. We, uh, if, you're a, if you're a healthy New Testament church, you have to be practicing those two things, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Bring people uh, into the fellowship and then continue and talk about how we continue on in the fellowship with one another. So as we look here in Matthew 26, starting in verse 26, we're going to see the Lord's Supper, four things we're going to see. We're going to see it's about His death, it's about His death, it's about our unity, it's about forgiveness of sins, and it's about the future, right? So it's about the death of Jesus, it's about the, the unity of His body, it's about forgiveness of sins, and it is about the future. So let's begin. Matthew Chapter 26, and I'm going to start in, start in verse 26 as well. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Lord, we pray this morning as we come to your table to this enduring sign that you gave uh, to the church, we pray that you would meet us here and help us, Lord, as we focus on your death, as we focus on this unity that is ours in Christ, as we focus on the fact that our sins are forgiven, as we focus on the future that we have assured for us because of our faith in Christ. We rejoice in those things, and, and we ask that you would teach us today as we come together around this table, and even then as we talk about the future of this church here at IBCBI, we pray that you would give us direction about that as well. We love you, Jesus. Pray that you would just uh, move in our midst today, we pray, and we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. So number one, it is about his death. It is about his death, because we see that the the eating of his body, and we see this drinking of his blood, this really is uh, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, that through this act, let me get the exact verse for you. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 11:26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we're... We're talking about and focusing on the death of Jesus. We remind ourselves and we remind the people that are around us that, uh, that our life is worth something else. It's focused on something else. As we came through Colossians recently, we talked about Christ, who is your life. When we come here, we think about this death of Christ and how it's through his death we've received life. Jesus died to give us life and it changes everything. This is... This, these elements 
are about His death. And it's about also our unity, right? There's an all-of-you aspect that Matthew brings out in this when he says, um, in verse 27, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. Oh, drink of it, all of you. And there's this uh, togetherness aspect that we find, uh, I find so important about the Lord's Supper. We come to the same table, right? Wherever that is in these different kinds of churches, it looks a bit different, and people uh, maybe work through this process a bit differently, but it's the same table that we all come to. It's the same bread that we eat. It's the same cup that we drink from. If we're the boss during the week or we're the worker during the week, when we come here, we take the same bread and we take the same cup. If our uh, children are believers, right? The parent takes the same cup that the child takes. The, the person from Asia is going to take the same bread and the same cup as the person from the West is going to take. The longtime believer is going to take the same cup and is going to eat the same bread that the brand new believer. We come together and we eat together. And while we're doing that, uh, we always try to be, it's symbolic, we don't call a lot of attention to it, but we try to be very symbolic even in the way we serve. It's not the leaders of the church that are taking and handing to each person individually. We give it to someone who then serves their neighbor, who serves their neighbor, who serves their neighbor until everyone's been served. It's, it's something that we do as we come together. We take it together and we serve one another. We pass the trays and we convey a message. I'm serving you. You're part of you're you're part of this with me. The Lord's Supper is given to the church as an ordinance, right? It's not some sort of mystical kind of meal in the sense that only certain people can handle it, right? I've been to churches before and they'll say, "Oh, we don't have a pastor, so we can't take the Lord's Supper." And I think you can be a church without a pastor, but you can't be a church without the Lord's Supper. Right? The Lord's Supper is given to the church. The Lord's Supper is not given to a few people who then share it with the church. The Lord's Supper is given to the church. And people need to be observing it together in the church. We come together in inequality. We take the same bread and we take the same cup. And when we take it, we're saying, I'm a follower of Christ. He died for my sin. And then when you take it, you're saying, I'm a follower of Christ. He died for my sin. And when we take it together, I'm saying... I'm a follower of Christ, and I believe that you are a follower of Christ, and that we are together following Christ. That's what it means to be a body. It's not just something that we do uh, in our homes. It's not something that we do separately like that. We do it together as a body. It's about our unity. Then thirdly, it's about forgiveness. He says, this, uh, the blood of the covenant, verse 28, which is poured out for, for many for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Jesus poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And when we have the bread, and when we have the cup, we're reminded that though, though this sacrifice didn't cost me, the sacrifice did cost Jesus. It cost him quite a bit. He paid a high cost that we might be redeemed. He was arrested. He was beaten. He was mocked. He had people spitting on him. He was murdered. The creator of the world came and he laid down his life so that we could be restored to God the Father. And this incredible picture, right? When they stretch him out and they're driving in the nails, what's he saying? Oh, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And he leaves us 
this enduring sort of example and legacy that if we will be people who take the bread and take the cup and say, I'm a follower of Jesus, if we'll be followers of Jesus, then we will be forgiving people. The forgiven people are forgiving people, right? We don't, we don't, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, love keeps no record of wrongs. So we're not a kind of people who are making out a list of, oh, this person didn't say hi to me, or this person did this or did this or didn't do these things. And so we, uh, we hold a grudge. No, instead we are forgiven. And as we're forgiven, we become people who are forgiving. Then the last thing, it's about the future. Jesus makes them this promise. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus makes them this promise that even though he wouldn't be drinking it long with them on earth, he wouldn't be drinking that with them again, they would definitely be drinking it together again in the kingdom of God. There's a time coming when Jesus will drink with us in the Father's kingdom. That's, it's an incredible promise that we, that we partake in when we take the bread and when we take the cup. We're walking on this earth, and while we do that, we struggle, right? We have temptation and we get sick and we have problems with our flesh we get old and we die eventually but the amazing thing that reminds us this table reminds us those are not the things that define me the fact that uh as i turn 49 this year right i've already counted myself 50 so often i have to remind myself i'm really actually only 48 i'm just rounding up all the time as i turn 49 this year the fact that my body breaks down and I get old, as I see my siblings getting older, as I see my parents older and older, as I, uh, as I start to just, like Angie will be on Facebook and say, wow, this person that I went to high school with has passed away. And we just deal with these things where people's bodies break down and where we lose people that we love. That happens much more frequently as we get older than it did when we were in our 20s. And so it's a great promise for us to remember that at some point we get to lay aside this body and be who Christ made us to be. This is what defines us. Not the fact that we're in a human body or that we're breaking down. What defines us is there is coming a time where I will be with Him and I will share this with Him in the kingdom of God. So the, the meal is about death. It's, right? We're talking about a body that's given and blood that's poured out. But really, it's a meal about hope as well, because this is about the future. So as we come to the point where we want to just pass and take these elements together, it's always a good idea for us to just stop for a moment and reflect, to pray and ask the Lord to search us, ask the Holy Spirit to really look inside us. Is there something about me that should change? Are there any, any places that I'm just blind, Lord, uh, things that I'm missing about my own life. Would you show them to me? Because I don't want to live like that. I want to be repentant. If I'm separated from you, I don't want to be separated from you. So would you show me the places that I'm not being who I need to be? When the Holy Spirit highlights for us places to make adjustment, then we make adjustment. Maybe in this moment that we take and just are silent and we pray, then you, uh, you thank God for the blessing of a spiritual family right that's bethany said about the spiritual uh, emphasis this week at her school we got to be up there wednesday thursday friday and just to see this community of believers that our daughter gets to be a part of is very really encouraging for us 
because we don't get to be with her day in and day out. And so we're thankful for that spiritual family and, and we're thankful for this spiritual family that's, that's here for us while we're far away from uh, our biological family. So maybe we'll thank God for the spiritual family He has given us. Thank God for the hope that we have in Christ, that while our bodies are wasting away and fighting with temptation, we have a hope in Christ that we will be with Him someday. Maybe we just want to take a minute and rejoice in the forgiveness. Lord, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And so whether it's a place that you ask the Holy Spirit to search you and you find yourself needing to repent, or you just take a moment and you ask God to move in your heart, and then you come up with worship and rejoicing, both of those I think are appropriate. But we do want to take a few minutes and do just that, to ask the Lord to move in our midst. So let me just allow you to pray um, where you are silently, and then we'll move forward after that with the elements.